Live from TMC, this is Pastor Eric, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Andy in his 1702 hat. It's mostly my hat. We pastor Village and Mission Church, respectively, and we just did a podcast talking about your dad, talking about my daughter. Yeah. Hospitals. Your new book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Hospital visiting. Hospital visiting. Um, we even touched on that mythical... Union, the the village and the mission church <laughs> doing some uh, endeavor long into the future. Yep. Though that has not been approved by anybody within any of our circles. Disclaimer. Yeah. No authority has been yeah. exercised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're here we're here at the cafeteria of the hospital, because uh, Eric's daughter is has just had surgery and she is she's so far coming Do, through that, yep. doing well, though yep. still in pain. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Yeah. This is uh, this is Andy and Eric, and we are doing faith over breakfast at the hospital. Um, That's know, right. It's, yeah, it's it's always a little weird to be recording out at breakfast, but this is especially right. Usually we're up in a loft. We're up in a loft. Here we're just sort of sitting by some nurses, and you know, I don't know. People probably think we're taking medical records on this microphone, right? Because we look like doctors. I definitely look like you, a doctor. You do look like a doctor. An emergency room doctor. <laughs> Anyway, well, you have a name tag. I have so a that, name tag. That makes that sense. Helps. So this is a this is Faith Over Breakfast, normally from Exo Coffee, and today from the Tucson Medical Center um, cafeteria. Yeah, here we are, and you're eating an omelet, which you apparently have eaten quite a bit. Of. I've eaten a lot of these very omelets, right? Um, and you still went to Brugger's. Yes, my wife wanted me to bring her a bagel. Okay, so you you went down the street to Brugger's. Yeah, like uh, early in the morning. Oh yeah. Like, my wife I... spent the night here. There's mm-hmm. no way I'm going to be able to sleep here. It just, it would, I'd just stay up all night. Right. It wouldn't yeah. work. So, yeah, I don't think I could have slept here either. So, I'm. Um, I got a cup of Folgers with some hazelnut creamer in it. And <laughs> You're good to go. <laughs> good to go. <laughs> and I actually, to be honest with you, I am down to this much, which is. I don't know how much that is. You can tell the audience. Uh, oh, a quarter inch. quarter inch of espresso uh-huh. in the morning, and that's it. Really? Not even any decaf. So I get my cup and I fill it with water. Oh. Yeah, because I just, it's almost like I need the... Just the, something that something tastes like that coffee for a second? looks like the cup. You know? Oh. So. Now I do the shot at home, because I, about three years ago, went to a thrift store... And found an espresso machine for fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. and it looked like a it was looked like a, a really good espresso machine. So I went online to look it up. Lo and behold, they do not sell them in the United States. Whoa, is it Italian? It's an Italian what? espresso machine, and the low end version of it cost eight hundred dollars. But on eBay, they were going for as much as fifteen hundred dollars. And when I started reading up on them, they. Uh, they're what every Italian person has in their kitchen. Like, it's like standard. This is how you mm-hmm. get your morning espresso. And it makes... It's an amazing machine. Super amazing. And so... I also have an espresso machine at home. And I went... I went hunting and bought one for, like, 400 bucks. Nice. Like, on Craigslist, I got, yeah. like, the $800 one for 400 And then I went to the Goodwill, oh, three years later... And there was one for nineteen ninety nine. I was missing the drip tray, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, is this drip tray sitting around somewhere?" The lady's like, "I don't know, but you can have it for fifty percent off." So I bought the same machine at the Goodwill for ten bucks, but I already had one. 
So it was like I couldn't leave it there. I was like, no, you no, can't. This leave, is a really nice machine. You can't leave an eight hundred dollar espresso machine. Like what, what got me is like, who goes to a thrift store? Yeah, who must have paid a thousand dollars for the espresso yeah, machine and sure. drops it off? Yeah, like what are they thinking? I don't want an espresso. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to give this away to my family. I think there's some consumer culture stuff here. You buy something for no matter how much money, and it just sits around, and eventually the wife just goes, "Look, we're taking this to the thrift store," or you got it for Christmas. The family was like, they're going to love it. Right. And you don't. And you just take it to the thrift store. Wow. I just don't know if I could take a $1,000 espresso machine to the thrift store. You know what's worse? There are a lot of people. So I always, I'm like, no, 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 we got to take that. Like, you know, there's a pair of jeans that don't fit me. Right. And, you know, in the past, my wife's like, I'm going to throw that in the trash. I'm like, no, 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 Good jeans. Like, we got to make a bag and take that to the thrift store. Right, right. I'll bet you there are people who would just throw it in the trash. Right. And I just don't. You can't Bongles, do it. My, no, I can't do it. Now, if I got, like, a $4, a $4 Target deal shirt, I'm not taking it to the thrift store if it doesn't fit me anymore. I might right. use it for a rag and eventually throw it away. Uh, yeah. But I'm not There's, taking it to the store. <laughs> if I have a bag going, I would add it to the bag. Right. But I would also, like, I think about, yeah, we can use this for a rag. or right. and then And then it ends up in the trash. But I feel like it's had this other life as a rag once or whatever. Right. Know? But that it, it still helps me. A second life. A second to life. To your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's some spiritual significance to it. Right. Wanting to give things second lives, right? Right. Uh, uh, so, so tell everybody why you're why you're here. Why are you at Tucson Medical Center? I'm at Tucson Medical Center because Ashton, my daughter, who's 16 years old, just had major surgery on her back for her scoliosis to straighten her back out. And this is the second day. So yesterday was day zero, and everything went well, and she can move all her appendages, which is. Obviously, a worry when you mess with yeah. somebody's spinal cord or oh, spinal yeah. column or whatever. So that was cool that 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 all worked, and now she's just trying to survive the pain and get ready to go home. Mm-hmm. And she's in a lot of pain, and she's kind of groggy, and she's 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 a trooper though. She she still has her sense of humor. Yeah. Good. So that's, that's How long good. do you expect to be in the hospital here? Either Friday or Saturday is when we'll be going home. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's a while because she's got to wean off pain meds, be able to sit up, be able to walk. You yeah. Know. Um, so then they, they move her along. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not easy watching your child in pain, and there's nothing you can do but just sit and watch while they get her all adjusted and then, yeah and there there you are with her so oh man yeah I can that'd be really tough I mean I had a hard time when my daughter like broke a tooth that's your daughter broke a tooth yeah when she was a lot of people have broken tooth she fell face planted mm, yeah it was and she was just crying so loud. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. Right. But that, that was so much more difficult for me than I would have assumed, like, right. seeing her in that pain. And, um, yeah. And so, like, this type of surgery, yeah, oh, it's so hard. Yeah, when I was walking in, so I, I'm familiar with these omelets and everything because my dad was... Many of you listen along know my dad passed away in November, and this is the hospital where we were. So I just walked by where he took his last walks. Oh, wow. On the way in, like he would come out and walk around with all the stuff hooked up to him, and so I just walked by that on the way in. So when when you said you were here, part of me was like, okay, like I actually sort of want to go there and. But then there was another part of me that was like, no. Uh, <laughs> I've been kind of avoiding, like, I drive by this hospital all the time, but I haven't really been looking at it. Mm. Um, I don't know. You ever do that? Like, like I know that's there, but I just don't want to think about that too much, so. Right, well, I think about that more like, you know, dirty places in my house where I'm just by and be like, ah, I don't think we're going to clean that room out. <laughs> If I don't look, <laughs> I don't have to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why don't you just do it? So yeah. Long? That's been um, 
And that's been my feeling here. There's some new neighbors here. You're excited. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to jump into our podcast. Yeah. I should invite them over. Talk to us about stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's that's why I'm familiar with this this place. So this is kind of therapeutic. I mean, we're having therapy right now. Yeah, but you're going to be the therapist, but you're the one whose daughter is here. Yeah. So you don't get to take the therapist role. I don't get to take the therapist role. We're just friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stop it. Okay. (laughs) Is that the most controversy we're going to have on this show? Yeah. Don't ask any probing questions, Eric. (laughs) No probing questions. No controversies. Yeah. Um, No, but I I can certainly imagine that when... You know, walking by um, is is difficult. I mean, I think yeah. Even just it's not. Uh, Mark and Lane had a big party mm-hmm. at their house, and Mark and Lane actually lived two door down from where Sue grew up for a third. You know, her parents owned the house for thirty eight years. Yeah, they moved out maybe five years ago, I think. Mm. But all my memories are there mm-hmm. of dating her, walking with her, like everything is in that house. Yeah, and now that Grandma is gone, it's even more weighty to like pull into that. You know, same yeah. road that I pulled into ever mm. since I was 18 years old. Wow. You know, it just brings yeah. back all this. So I can understand, like, coming here. Like, you were here for six weeks he was here? Or off and on? They, they, they yeah, he went home for a little bit, and then, um, but not very long. And then they moved him over to the hospice, which is on the same property right. here. Yeah, I've been so, to the Yeah, between all that. Yeah, about six weeks. So that's yeah. So a lot of habit, a lot like of time going in. Yeah, there really was walking to. The, yeah, trying to recognize everything, the smells. And uh-huh. well, this is a unique hospital because there's a lot of outdoor space. It's yes. like it's like a sprawling hospital where they have to get you around with go, with uh, golf carts and stuff like that. But so I actually kind of don't remember. It's it's hard to keep straight. Like where do I go? So I didn't know I was going to walk by that spot where he would take the walk. So it didn't dawn on me. I was just coming to the cafeteria and I was like, oh, it's pretty like. Yeah, there's that. There it is. You know, there's the bench. There's the spot. So, yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's good though. Yeah. 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 Here we are. So I, I saw something on Facebook though. It's very interesting. They're writing a book. It's a good transition about your dad. Uh huh. And so you're you're like becoming that pastor who writes a book. That pastor who writes a book. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. How do, you, how do you feel about being that pastor who writes a book? I'm actually I'm actually really really self conscious about all of that. <laughs> And um, and actually, like putting out that like Facebook post and everything about like writing the book, like self conscious for a lot of reasons, like self conscious that I'm going to do that, and like people are going to read something that I wrote in general, and um, just I don't know, like I'm like I don't I'm not like a trained writer, and so there's that, and then I'm self conscious because it's going to be really personal, you know, and like. And then I think just going, like, will anybody care? Like, if I put really personal things out there, and then does it matter? Like, I think, obviously, like, a lot of this is something I just need to do. But then I felt, I kept feeling like, like, I think this would be, like, good for others to, like, like, it's, my dad was just a unique guy, and his perspectives on life just fly against, like, what we think of as, like, great men right right and that's what I like about it that's what, why I want to share it but then I'm nervous that people are going to be like this is some guy like just kind of writing him as dad who cares right and then um, and then the third layer of it is because I'm trying to raise funding for it is like are people going to be like this is stupid like why would I give money to this right <laughs> so so are you starting like a Kickstarter com- campaign yeah, in, for Indie, it? Indiegogo, okay. basically. So it's like Kickstarter, except with Kickstarter, kind of like the stakes are a little higher because if you don't raise your money, um, you can't just, you don't get anything and everybody gets a refund. And um, Whereas with Indiegogo, they leave space for like, well, you might adjust your project if you got less money. So you can still, 
if you don't raise it all, you still get what you raise to use toward your project. And do they do like a yep? They take a percentage, or how do they? There's a percentage, yeah. Okay. But they help like legitimize it basically. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I had to think about all that. Like, do I just go out and just ask people for money outside of something like this, and just go like, hey, just help me do this, you know? Right. Like, help me have this experience where I write and then I publish. Um, but that felt worse to me than like the Indiegogo at least like what you're doing is you're making promises you're saying you will get a book and like they're like layers of that like you'll get a book and a gift you'll get a book and a gift and an experience Mm -hmm. or you you know like we're all in you'll get to be on the podcast to discuss the book with Andy and Aaron I could could add a perk you could could be on the podcast I I could do that you should do that why Why not not? (laughs) we don't (laughs) why not (laughs) yeah so um, yeah like one of the perks is like it's just like it's like my dad stuff like my dad was um, really into flannel like and made in USA flannel made in USA flannel so like one of the perks is if you give you know way more money than a flannel is worth you know you get a book and another another item and I will personally find you a made in USA flannel at a thrift store nice. which is very my dad and which I would really enjoy doing for whoever might be interested in that if anybody is um so, but the idea is like you're 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 investing, you're helping me out, but also like I'm gonna give you something in return because I've done this. I, there was a hip hop artist who wrote a book, and I was kind of interested in his journey, and so I paid you know more. I you know like got the book and and I don't know if it was worth it, you know, like the amount of money. But I felt I felt cool because I got to support him, and I did get something. And then another another hip hop artist in town did you know i got like the album and the shirt and the hat kind of thing okay and he did that to raise money to make an album so i've supported such things so my hope was that you know some folks might be like oh sweet like i can get things and help him get this thing done yeah now what that means is you have to actually write a book i did yeah and and so that's 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 a thing that's a thing you're gonna have to come (laughs) through on the promise that's right why it would kind of terrify me to commit to something like that financially. It's uh, got to come through. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, well, but where can people go if they want to support this? Yeah, if you go to Indiegogo and type in the little man, the that's, little, the, that's little man. the name of the book. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah, you could type it in, and, and then you could see everything. And and I should say, like, this isn't just like theoretical, like completely. Like I've I've written about eight chapters. Well, you've already written. Eight I've chapters. already I've already started. Yeah. So and I had started before I decided. You banged like, out eight chapters. How many yeah. chapters are going to be in this book? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. How far into this life have you gotten? Into this life. In this life of your father. I mean, decent. Like so, I've kind of so I, I did a bunch of trips to Bisbee and I was writing. So actually, this all starts with. You like to write. I like to write. Yeah. No, I really like to write. Okay. Like when I was in high school. The classes where they would give you free writing time were really like I enjoyed that, and so I like I like it. Well, that's where you and I diverged from each uh-huh. other. Huh. Yeah, Rod and I talked about this, and Rod was like, "Yeah, I like to write." Yeah, you know, like yeah. Whereas, I would like to like to write. You think you should write, probably? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's too much work. I like to dictate. Yeah. Yeah, I love, and I can write pretty freely and then come back to it. So, I, you know, I'll have to get it edited, which is probably going to be very key in my case, because it'll just be, I'm just going to kind of go. Yeah, know, that's right? good. Now, are you going to do this through uh, Nick's publishing company? Or? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And that's that's what I'm, that's the plan. And that's awesome. what I'm hoping, if, if that all works out well. And it sounds like it should. Cool. Yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. So Nick, co-pastor at the church, right. he and another guy at the church, kind of got a a fledgling publishing company but I'd love to do it and I can be patient with that process and I'm promising it in a year I actually think I'll probably get it done before then cool Um, but that means I'm not on this like tight timeline since it's also like partially a grief process and stuff like that so I didn't want to like push that um, but I, the first chapter I actually wrote about, oh, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago. And it was while my dad was, as far as we knew, completely healthy. Yeah. And I wrote this, I just was thinking about him and, you know, like kind of how I felt about him. And so I wrote this chapter and my thought was like, 
Well, my first thought was, I think I this is interesting. Like, I think, yeah, I think this might be good to share. Of but then my next thought was, oh, he would be so embarrassed. <laughs> like, if I share this, it's going to have to be when he's not here. Right. Like, he right. he would personally be uncomfortable with not not like he'd think it was like he would be like don't do that but it'd be like oh like I don't want people to look at me and yeah. or something you know so so I'd written it and just kind of stuck it on the shelf and then once he we found out he had cancer and he died like somewhere later on I was like oh I wrote that and so I took several trips to Bisbee which is where he was born and graduated from high school. And uh, every time I've gone there, I've just kept writing. And that's the eight chapters, like, because I've written on, like, a theme every time. And that's been helpful for me. So it kind of just started realizing, like, you got a book. There's something coming together. That's awesome. Well, that's that's even better than saying you're going to write a book and you haven't had you don't have anything written. Like, you already have a chunk of stuff. There's a there's a chunk of stuff. So this could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And I've got sabbatical time from yes. the church, which is also like, and that was coming before I realized what was happening with my dad too. Um, but it makes a lot of sense to press into that yeah. part as part of my sabbatical time. So, so I'm going to go to Oregon, which is where I was born and where my dad met my mom, and it was his favorite like small town. So I'm going to go cool. there and on that journey, write, write some more. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. So I've been brainstorming how to make that meaningful and fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, any any supporting of that would be a huge deal to me. And also, I will indeed get you books or a concrete Ford F-250 or a flannel or all these different things I put up there. That's awesome. And maybe maybe throw up a podcast. and, and, I and might join our podcast that it doesn't even have to be about the book. You can just talk about what you want to talk you about. You can talk about whatever we you want to We might censor some of it, but you can talk about it. <laughs> it might be the first one we edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On a different subject, yeah. I uh, told you after the last podcast that I'd gotten that uh, something from a realtor, that church building mm-hmm. was for sale. Um, yeah. I think 4th and Rosemont, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like half a million. Yeah. Well, just this week, I got another thing from the realtor, and they dropped it $100,000. So it's now four twenty five. dollars Whoa. I was like, wow. If it keeps going down, this joint venture that we talked about last week... <laughs> Could actually have some, but nobody has approved. Yeah, yeah, we should okay we should throw that out or there. Done anything like yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, our leadership is not involved in this discussion. This is this is like the disclosure. Like uh, the views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of our church leaders or anyone else in the world, or necessarily God or reality or reality. <laughs> We're just talking. But, anyway, but it is a cool thought. Yeah, and the fact that it's already, like, it just went down $100,000 in a week. That's So they must have, like, re- somebody must have gotten back to him and said, eh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It has a new roof. has a new AC system Whoa. built onto it. But those are two big that's deals major when stuff. buying a church. Major stuff. New roof and AC. Yeah. That's new. Man. You, how many years did you live in Arizona without air conditioning at your building? Uh, well, I think for most of our history, we've yeah. had no air, no air conditioning. So we're talking 15 years. Man, no so you guys broke all the rules of Tucson church planting. Right? Yes. Like, like, you know, during the summer, it's going to be hot. There. It's going to be hot. Well, you guys had swamp coolers, too, because I've did. been to your service. <laughs> Both of our churches before the merger were swamp cooled. Swamp cooled. Hot. And then crazy. And yeah. people still come. And then the, yeah, and then the other church had no heat. We at least had heat. <laughs> they didn't have heat, so in the winter you're bringing blankets. In the oh summer you're sweating it out. Um, and now our our new uh, our new space, we've got two over in the main space. Yeah. Two like you know good condition working air conditioners, heaters. Awesome. Like, yeah. I bet you. Yeah. That's, Your bill's gonna be a little different. It's yeah. going to change our bill. Yeah. But then again, like. Man, it's just been so comfortable in there. So nice. Like, people have been... On Sunday, somebody was cold. And I was just like, somebody's cold? 
It's hot outside. Somebody yes. here is cold. That, that's awesome. Yeah. And you're going to have to go out and invest in some blankets. And now we're going to have to get blankets, that's what we, better yeah. thermostats or something. Yeah. Oh, good luck with that because some people are still going to be hot There's, and some people are going to be cold. It'll never it's, be. No. Yes. You can never make everybody happy in those things, but... Um, we still need an we need an air conditioner for two rooms. Two rooms are aren't aren't controlled. They had an old swamp on two rooms that we haven't figured out yet. But by and large, we got a good we got a good system going at our new place. But yeah, that new roof, new ACs, that's yeah. huge. This is like compelling podcast information or radio or whatever you call Mike, I don't know. It's compelling. Air conditioning, roofs, yeah. Churches. Oh yeah, we've got we've got a headline for this one. <laughs> we have Let me tell you. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, my brain is sort of fried from having a daughter in surgery, and, uh, yeah, so it's sort of, it's hard for me to think about much. I bet. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, mean, yeah. I know that feeling. But we are, uh... Well, here, I was going to ask. Well, you asked me a question. I'll, yeah, that's good. You can do that. I'll ask you stuff. Okay. As, so, as a pastor, what... So you're in the hospital for family, yes. and there's that. But you, you're, you've been in the hospital with folks mm-hmm. many times. So how do you feel about hospitals? What's, um, uh, yeah. Well, I worked at a hospital for five years. Okay. So I went there every day. Well, not every day, but. So you kind of knew the rules. Yeah, I don't like though. it. I don't like. I didn't. I dreaded going to work every day. Really? Once I got there, it was okay. I don't like the smell. I don't like the yeah. sense of. It's just the sterile. Yeah, like, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. So becoming a pastor was very difficult. I don't like to go visit people in the hospital, not because I don't like them and I don't mind right. being in the room with them, but it's just the whole experience of getting there and walking in and. Yeah. Um, and there's something very invasive, invasive, I mean, about being, uh, like, working in a hospital. Like, you're always invading people's privacy. And then yeah. if you're there, you're always having your privacy be invaded. Yeah. And so it's it's just not a place you think, oh, yeah, I'd like to go to the hospital. So it's difficult walking in and spending time with people. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not, when I'm in the hospital, I'm not one to, enjoy, I don't like a lot of people visiting me. I don't either. Because yeah. I just feel like it feels a little overwhelming. It feels yeah. like i got to entertain people. And you're at this point of, like, you're, your butt's hanging out of the back of your right. of your robe, and you're plugged into stuff, and you haven't brushed your teeth lately. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of, yeah. I mean, last time I was in the hospital, Rod came to visit me, and they had to do one of those, like, bruise check to make sure you know yeah. you're and I was just like I don't care just take exactly. it you know and so there I am half naked in front of my co pastor because I just at that point you're like uh, what difference does it make what difference does it make <laughs> you know? yeah yeah I'm I'm with you I and I know like there are people who like want everybody to come to the yeah. hospital when they're there and so that's it's hard for me to remember that there are people that I've administered to that feel very differently or you've got to gauge like does this person want to visit? Do they not want to visit? Yeah. Um, what do they want this visit to be like? Do they want me to be very, to come in and give some kind of spiritual insight? Or do they just want me there just, just for comfort, just to be around, just as a friend? Um, who, who taught you how to, how to do that? Well, nobody. I've, I've had to watch Rod. Yes. Rod loves to go to the hospital. I, I was so going to say there are pastors who like, just love it. Love it. I, and I he had, does most our visits. Yeah, yeah. And his wife's a nurse. Yes. So is mine. Yes. So I've I'm a little more comfortable with it. Yeah. Over the past five years. Yeah. And I've listened. I've learned a lot over the last couple of years of just listening to Corey, who's one of our other elders, but he's a chaplain oh, at yeah. St. Joe's. So he visits tons and tons of people all the time, and he just, he is just really good at walking into a room, assessing where people are at, praying over them, asking them yeah. good questions. Um, he's not really afraid to sort of mix it up a little bit with the family yeah. and just respond to however they're acting, you know, and and so, I think that's cool. I think the hard part for me is 
as my church has gotten bigger, like you're asked the question, what exactly am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. There are multiple pastors and elders at our church, and we have tons of babies. So am I supposed to visit every person who has a baby? Right. Am I supposed to be at the hospital bed every time somebody's in the hospital? And there, um, and there are certain assumptions. I think they might be diminishing. Maybe this is a gift from the megachurch, right? Is because uh, megachurch pastors aren't going to be there when you have a baby. Right. But, but there are some assumptions if you come from, like, the small church background that, like, the pastor will do everything. Like, right. And including, like, yeah, every baby that's born, every time you're in the hospital, if you stub your toe, he will be showing up, you know, involved in that. Yeah. And that you just can't. Most people can't manage that. Right. I can't. I mean, I can't stay on top of that with everybody. Right. And so I kind of like, you know, we have families in our church, especially when it comes to the babies. Yeah. Like when they're first baby, I really try to be there for the first baby. Yeah. By the fourth baby, I'm like, ah, hey, you had a fourth baby. Congratulations! Yeah. I'll see the baby, and I, when you come back, yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, or, you know, maybe I'll sign up for a meal if there's an empty space, yeah. and then I'll come see the baby. But, I'm, you know, it, it's a lot. Yeah. And you're right in saying, like, we got other people. Because, I mean, that's this whole community is here, and some people are really great at, at the hospital and knowing and going there and be, and doing stuff for babies. Like, if I signed up for the meal for the baby, like, I would, I would put, just knowing myself, I mean, I've showed up to potlucks before where what I brought was Lucky Wishbone garlic bread, and I thought that was a really good idea. I was psyched. Yeah, you're not the person to sign up for those things. No, you don't... Yeah, people roll their eyes when I bring food. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> As a side note. <laughs> so you really want... You want me to... You, you just had a baby. You went through all this. You really want me coming in with a garlic. can of green beans and some garlic bread from Lucky Wishbone. <laughs> Speaking of Lucky Wishbone, I have not been there since I was five years old. Oh, it um, will destroy any healthy decisions you've made, but it's so good every once in a while. Really? I think Lucky Wishbone, which if you're outside of Tucson, you're like, what's that? Lucky Wishbone? It is is a fast food chain that never outgrew Tucson, and it's still here, basically, right? Like from back from the 50s, 40s, 50s, something like that. I don't even know who owns it. I've never even... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen, I've like read, because they have little articles up, but it was, yeah, it was founded in the 40s or 50s, I think the 50s, and it was like when fast food was new, Yeah. and they were like, we're going to make this easily accessible food that people can just drive up and take home to their family, and it's uh, chicken strips, uh, chicken fingers, steak fingers, like they've got like, they have liver and... And they have liver? I think they've got liver. Wow. Um, and, and this shows just how not good of a Tucson and I am because if we had certain people that I could think of here they would be listing off exactly everything that they have and all the sizes because the the meal sizes are like mom and pop okay and like interesting yeah like they they aren't large and supersized they've got mom pop stuff like that um, but yeah you always you always get garlic bread um, garlic toast like with your nice. with your meal and there's a lucky wishbone sauce and like yeah just just like and I like the fries so like a little like the small meal steak fingers or chicken fingers with a mix of the two with some fries and that piece of garlic bread and the sauce oh and the, the oh, 2000 so calorie lunch and you, that you eat and you are yeah and it's bad it's oh, all man. fried and, and it's like <laughs> so fried it's just it's not just fried it's so fried it's so fried they fry their garlic bread yeah but it's uh I love it wow I, I may have to try. It just scares me to go. I don't know. Oh, don't be scared. Don't be, just, don't be just, scared. Just, just don't go very often. <laughs> once, once I, my rule is once a year. Once a year, you get a lucky. Wish I code. haven't been there yet this year, so right. but I kind of don't want to use it frivolously. Yeah, you can't. Do that. I want it to be a good moment <laughs> oh where my gosh. I can sit and just when it's like, and you can't sit inside in most of them. Like, well, sorry, the the one I always think of on Campbell. It's like there's a couple chairs inside, but you got to sit on a picnic table outside. Yes. So it really was designed to like take your food and leave. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit like Luke's used yeah. to be. I mean, Luke's is kind of diminished onto yeah. almost nothing. They now. sold 
all or most of them. But they were they were relatively famous and okay. Like, but man, you could only yeah. go there once, like a year, because mm-hmm. you were going to pay for it that night. Oh, you yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Luke's Luke's was Chicago style, so they're and they are like solid, like Chicago dog, uh, Italian beef. Yeah, and like I think it was the Italian beef came with the fries were wrapped in the sandwich, yes. and so the juices, oh, so great. It was good, and and it, if you go to them now, they're not as good as they used to be. There's, they, well, I went into one and I overheard a meeting where they were getting all their supplies at Costco to save money, and it was just like, nope, violation. Like, sorry, like when you're like going to be the legit Chicago spot, you can't do yeah, that. You, you need, you got to go. You got to figure out how to get it. You like, got to get the Nathan's dog or whatever. You got to yeah. stick with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Maybe we can turn this into just a Tucson restaurant review Yeah, by Eric and Andy. Uh, that'd be, yeah. that'd be cool. I'd be into that. Yeah. I don't know if anybody yeah. And we may have to, to go somewhere else other than Exo. Or the hospital. Or the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so, true. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, I was so, thinking. Oh, good. Yeah, well, so you, say. I was just gonna. So you were you picked up on Rod's wisdom on hospital yes. visits, and you've kind of let other people in the community. Yeah, in fact, we this. just had a meeting recently where it was like, I was like, okay, we need to communicate a little better, like, because all three pastors don't have to visit one person in a hospital. So if you're going. Like, yeah. So who's the who's the point guy to all visits, and then if you can't make it, you need to say, "Hey, somebody needs to go visit." Yeah. Instead of me thinking, "Well, I don't know who's visited this person. I need to go do that. When am I going to do that? How do I fit that in my schedule? That kind of thing." So, and I tend to think of like in the church, like there are some people who like me showing up would probably be really good and meaningful, but for somebody else, it might be just like this other couple in the church that they really know well. Like maybe that would be great. Yeah. And it probably just depends on, yeah, everybody's different. Well, my favorite thing is to show up and hear that, like, there's already been 10 villagers that yeah. visit. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just Sweet. I'm just one of the villagers. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, that is. They're, they're already is. doing the pastoring, and I can just be a church member in some way. And yeah. just come and say, hey, how are you doing? Pray for you. And, yeah. and I think a hard part for me is exactly what you mentioned, that I don't, just, like, I would want a small number of visitors, they're, they're, you know, like, I mean, I'm trying to think. If I'm in the hospital, like, I would like a couple people there, time to time. But, but I wouldn't want to be always like having people come in and see me in this state. And, yeah. Like, so I assume, sort of subtly, that other people might feel that way. Right. Well, I also think it depends on like if you have big families. Yeah. And and your family's always there, and they're, they're super involved, and then and you have more friends I mean it just becomes a little crazy it can be crazy yeah but then there's also when you have the big family they can talk to the visitors and it doesn't have to be all the person in the bed yes which is also helpful because when it's all the person in the bed like you're like oh hey oh yeah here's what's going on yeah my wound is raw under there yeah it still is it's painful yeah Yeah. I am on drugs (laughs) (laughs) I am on drugs yes (laughs) Right, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's totally... Yeah. So I... When I was... Uh, when I was 18, I got my first church job. And... Wow, that's impressive. I came back from a, a youth event where a guy had talked about maybe you'd be... You, you might be called to ministry. And something clicked, and I was like, I am. I just was like, yes, that's what it is. Like, you know. It just... There was this clarity... And he, he wasn't even, yeah, he was kind of like inviting that, but but it just clicked so much with him. So I came back, and it was a small church where we all gave reports on what happened at, at camp or oh, okay. conference or whatever. So I got up, and and I was 18, so I was like, at this point, like a helper. Like I was the older, you know, I think I just graduated. And I was like, hey, yeah, thanks for sending me, you know, and um, this one guy talked, and you know, and I realized I'm called to ministry, and I'd really like to work here. Like, if there's anything I could do, just let me know. And uh, which I look back it was like kind of crazy that I just went for it. Um, That's definitely what a leader is, though. I mean, I have those stories. Yeah. Where I'm just like, hey, <laughs> I think this is what I'm called to do. Like, what do you want? Yeah. You know, can right. I do? Can I do something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Which and so interestingly, the pastor had just resigned. Older guy retiring, and they were looking for a new pastor. And so they actually were like, "Oh, okay, you know, low cost, eighteen year old." What do I get my path about? I think you might have been the youngest. That would have made you the youngest head pastor ever. Yeah, no, they did not make me the head pastor. Um, thankfully, but they gave me this this kind of random smattering of jobs which included like logging all the attendance and doing the announcements on Sunday and playing the bongos and cutting the grass and helping with the youth group and um, and visiting people in the hospital. Interesting. When I was 18. 18. So you really cut your teeth on this. Yeah. That's where you began. Yeah, that's where I began. And like with and, and I think there was well, a music director a who came with me. Like, yeah. okay, so here we go. Isn't that like the perfect pastoral training? Like, it's, do you see what you get? Yeah. Bongo drumming, uh huh. Grass mowing, yeah. Like these are these are you're essential all over things. The place. Hospital visiting, yeah. announcements, public speaking. Uh huh. You're like getting the whole thing. Like a little bit of and logging administration. Down. That could. That's a great intern list right there. You're, it's, right. It's, you get a, that's you're not going to get that in seminary. There is no bongo no. drumming class. No. No lawnmower class. There is no how to balance lawn mowing, um, you know, hospital visiting, and bongo drumming. And youth group. All and the same youth group time. all at the same time. Right. No, and that's serious. I'm making a joke. That's, that's, that's it right there. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's small church pastoring. Yeah. You throw it, in a sermon or a homily and you, you know, a couple elder meetings, you got it. And then I added, so, oh, yeah, then I managed the food pantry. So then I had to discern because, you know, they told me, like, people come and, and just they do the tour of all the different food pantries, and they aren't legitimate. They're just getting free food, and so you got to figure out when they're doing that. Um, so that was, and that was definitely true, um, especially in that where we were located. I mean, it was like you started to go, okay, you yeah, and you call the church down the street. Yeah, he came here right afterward. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then I added on to that, like working, because kids got out of school in the neighborhood and all sort of flooded the the church property. They were all, there was, we had a basketball court. And so I started hanging out out there and playing basketball. And then I started realizing a lot of the kids weren't doing very well in school and their parents weren't very attentive. And so I would make them do their homework before I would let them play ball. And so there was like this kind of after-school program thing that occurred. Yeah, that's eighteen. That's eighteen. How I, but it was an incredibly helpful. Uh, yeah, no, like that sounds intro like, to ministry. Yeah, there it is. That that's better than a seminary degree. I, I think so. Because then, like, when when I did like continue forward, I didn't have this glamour thing attached to it. Right. When you learned how church functions. Yeah. Small church functions. Yeah. And how you can start ministries and, and mm-hmm. act and right. respond to what's happening around you. And how you're going to do a whole bunch of random stuff. On oh, my gosh. That you would never guess. I, mean, I, I, learned, how to, I learned how to lay brick at, at, in that job. <laughs> Somehow we had to lay brick. And I did a, I helped facilitate a, a wedding cowboy wedding in somebody's backyard. Okay. Yeah, just help figure all that out. How about random odd jobs that you've had to do as a pastor? Oh, man. Like, I rebuilt a urinal. Rebuilt a urinal? Yeah, that was... I had to learn how to rebuild a urinal. That was really interesting. Yeah, I um, have so many of those that I don't even know where to begin. What's the most crazy? I mean, I think... The most crazy. Rewiring... so the panel at the views with my brother was one of the crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy one. Crazy, yeah. I mean, we've been doing all that on this this building now, but I I have allowed others much more skilled than I right. to, to do that. Um, but I have, I mean, I I knocked out a, I mean, I knocked out a large section of a very terrifying to me load bearing wall and added a room which was attached to a ministry job that I had. And that was my first time. And I had never done any kind of room addition or anything like that. Okay. So that was interesting. I mean, and and there was a lot of other work attached to that. Um, Yeah, like, 
I mean, somewhere in the, the youth room days of the, the church where I worked for six years, I mean, we pulled the whole, we, we demoed a lot of, like, the whole, you know, ceiling and right. HVAC system and a bunch of electrical and stuff out with a lot of volunteers there. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. And I've rehabbed two, two, buildings, two buildings in the church planning era. Yeah. And kind of acted like a sort of general contractor-ish person on all of those. Have you have you been doing a job and thought, when I thought of being a pastor, this was not a job I would ever have listed yeah. as Once one a day. of them. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Yeah, because then, I mean, I mean, I get, I get calls from, sometimes from people in our church that's like, you know, my, my car's broken down, you know. Or like, hey, I need to buy a new car. Which one should I buy? Where do I find it? Right. Um, I get plumbing calls a lot. Yeah. Like trying to troubleshoot plumbing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you think is going on with this? Yeah. Oh, You're yeah. like, well, I'm going to pray about that. I'll tell you back to you. Let me, read to you. Let me read to you from the New Testament. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, those are part of just being a small church pastor. You know, like clean the bathrooms, I, I'm fixing the tile, um, yeah. retexturing the roof, um, fixing the swamp coolers, building the yeah. the urinal, yeah. you know, rebalancing the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Those kinds of things. It's yeah, just, I've done all sorts of that stuff. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. You don't... Yeah. No, really crazy. And then I, I did a whole bunch of... I mean, I've built probably seven or eight small homes in Mexico, like... Been, been on teams that did that so there's all sorts of stuff attached to all that and then rehabbed a church on the San Carlos Indian Reservation okay. and that there's a bunch of really really crazy stuff that happened with that um, well my favorite one I, I just remembered is a couple who I love at our church called me up and they're like we don't know what to do our, our washing machine is like full of water and it's broken and we can't get it to drain can you come over and so I went over and drained it and repaired the washing machine for them and got it fixed I'm like okay this is my job if you didn't have a church (laughs) call a plumber right (laughs) but you have a church so you don't have to do that no it's it's well I don't think it afforded a plumber so no well because it is that like and the cool thing is within our church, I don't, I'm not the only one that gets those calls right. these days. Well, as I'm good. sure you're not probably either. Well, yeah, I'm, you don't I'm call kinda, Rod for that kind of I'm stuff. I'm the most handy. Of, you're the handy of, one. Yeah. yeah. You call Rod for a story. Right? Yeah. You call Rod for a story or a prayer. Yeah. Or you need to just vent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the dishwasher's flooding everywhere. You call Eric. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. I think Nick and I both get that. Yeah, and Nick's pretty handy. Kind of yeah. So, he's, yeah. He's handy and very just physically capable. So, yes. you know, if you're like, if you're like, I have a 500, you know, foot boat in my, in the backyard of my new house and I need one man to grab that and pull it out of the backyard. <laughs> the Nick, Nick is the man. <laughs> you don't think of me. Uh, no, yeah. you don't think of Andy. Yeah. Well, that's just, I don't know. Are we, are we done with this podcast? Oh, we could be. I don't know. It's only been 46 minutes. That's not bad. Thanks, I, I thanks was for thinking hanging before out, we, we end, though, maybe we could talk about some subjects that we'd like to cover. Ah. Maybe okay. highlights of things we've been thinking about. Oh, okay. I don't, because we've been thinking about going, the owner of XO has uh, yeah. her grandfather, right? Yeah. yeah her, her grandfather her, was a preacher. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He was, a, he was a Presbyterian minister. And in Alaska, yeah, and um, and she's got recordings of two of his sermons on an old blue vinyl right. that Eric has um, digitized, which is cool. And we want to talk with her about her grandpa's sermons, which I think would be interesting, pretty cool, yeah, yeah different. I'm and excited this, about that. And I, I thought there were a couple other subjects people wanted us to revisit. I don't oh, know. Oh, um, I don't remember. I don't remember either. But we're going to revisit those, you know. We, yeah, we might just revisit those. Yeah. And then uh, and then we, I mean, when we were walking out of EXO last week, we were talking about, you know, there there could be something to, like, how do we 
interpret difficult texts. Oh, yes, and, the difficult text one. Maybe and, we could, next week, we could do how do we interpret difficult texts. Yeah, and then, and I assume, like, you and I might might Look have different, different angles oh, on yeah. that, which is, I we think We can have a little controversy. Good to good talk about. Little, little yeah. heated arguments about this. Yeah. And then we'll decide we can't do any ministry together after Or no more, no more podcasts. No more podcasts. <laughs> done. It's over. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, well, you know. No, I'm, I'm, I would love to have that conversation. I think that'd be good. And I think, I mean, I assume, I would want to hear, because what I'm used to hearing is, like, here's pastor telling you how he views it or how it should be viewed. Right. Um, but every once in a while you see those books or something where it's like, here's two different views. Yes. And I, and I like that we could exhibit that friends could um, see things differently. Yeah, I, I do like the two views or the four view books. Yeah. Those are Those are good. Or they just present them pretty straightforward and let you kind of figure out yeah. how to... And I feel like in the past, I don't know, maybe not in the past, but I feel like there was a day when, when academics and pastors would disagree about things but didn't take it so darn personally. And no. Like, and they continued to have deep friendship. So yeah. that we could kind of do that and share it. would be yeah, great. that'd be cool. Yeah. So... Otherwise, you're going to hear about hospitals and books. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. We could tackle some controversial subjects, but we, we did that in all, like, the first... We hit a, we hit a lot of those. Yeah. Well, know. here's the thing. Because we are supposed... We, we gather for breakfast. We don't just... You and I aren't just the type of guys that sit down and just are, like, controversial subject, you know, right. constantly. There's other yeah. meaningful stuff. That pastors and we as pastors like to talk so, about. So it should. I feel like that should come up sometimes. Yeah. And other times, not. Not. Yeah. Anyway, well, I guess maybe that's where we end. <laughs> uh, anyway, from uh, from the cafeteria of TMC, thanks for joining us. And uh, think about think about those pastors in your life and um, how often they're quite the jack of all trades. And say thank you. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that's a good idea.